If God is first in your life, then everything will come into order. Now, I'm not saying you won't have difficulties or problems or go through struggles. Jesus said in this world you'll have tribulation. But would you rather go through tribulation with everything in order <laughs> or everything out of order? And hear me, if Jesus is first, if God's first, everything will come into order in your life. If he is not first, then nothing will come into order in your life. So I want to show you this principle because this principle is a principle that runs all through Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Here, so let's start Exodus chapter 13. Look at verse 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. You give the tithe first. You don't pay your bills and see if you have enough left over to tithe. You give the tithe first. It's the first 10%. It's not just 10%. It's the first 10% because it takes faith to give the first. See, God said, when your sheep has a lamb, give me the first one. It takes faith to give the first one before you have any more. You don't know if the sheep's going to produce anymore. That takes faith. God didn't say, wait until your sheep has 10 and then give me one of them and you can give me the one that keeps getting in your garden that you don't like. No, he said, you give me the first one before you have any others. See, so many people think it's not the 10% that enacts the blessing, it's the faith that enacts the blessing. It's giving the first 10%. And the reason I say that Jesus is God's tithe is because God gave Jesus first. He didn't wait to see if we would clean up or straighten up to give his son. God gave Jesus when we were mocking him and spitting on him and nailing him to a cross. Romans says it this way, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans also said this way, that God gave Jesus in hope. In hope. And that word, the root of that word is faith. In faith, we give our tithe in faith. When you give the first to God, the rest are redeemed. That's what this is saying. So hear me clearly. <laughs> Don't give the first portion to the mortgage company. Because the mortgage company does not have the power to bless your finances. But God does. The first portion, first 10% goes to God. You can stay there in Exodus 13. Look at Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Bonuses, everything. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Okay, this says to honor the Lord with the first of our increase. I just want to just make a note here. This is in Proverbs. This is not the law. This is not under the law. This is hundreds of years after the law. This is a principle that runs all through Scripture. Let me show you another Scripture, Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits. I kind of like that phrase because it's like God is saying, Listen closely if you don't know what first means. The first of your first fruits, of the first fruits of your land. Now watch these words. You shall bring, that's an important word, bring into the house 
of the Lord your God. But I want you to notice the word bring. The reason God uses the word bring instead of the word give when he talks about tithing is because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You have two choices according to Scripture, and I know this is strong, but I've studied this for over 30 years now. You have two choices when it comes to the tithe according to Scripture. You can bring it or you can steal it. Those are the only two choices. There's no other choice according to Scripture. They either brought it or they stole it. Remember when God said, bring all the silver and gold from Jericho, that Achan kept some. And of course, the next city, then they lost the battle until they brought it to the house of God. But here was the point. In, in Joshua chapter 6, God calls the tithe consecrated or set apart. Same thing he called the firstborn. But in Joshua 7, once Achan took it, he said, Israel has stolen from me and they're cursed. They're cursed. It's consecrated when you bring it to the house of God. It's cursed if you leave it in your bank account. Here's a real simple, straightforward question. Why would you want something cursed in your bank account? I mean, it has enough problems. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want your bank account blessed? See, it takes faith to give the first. It takes faith to believe that 90% redeemed and blessed will go farther than 100% cursed. It takes faith. So you give the first. Um, uh, when I was in college, one of the uh, students asked one of the professors, why did God accept Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's? And the professor said, you know, I, I really don't know. And for some reason, I've always remembered that, but when the Lord showed me this principle of firstborn and firstfruits, it's, you actually will see why God accepted Abel's and he didn't accept Cain's. Watch Genesis 4, verses 3 through 5. And in the process of time, now those words are very important. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Notice it specifically does not say that he brought first fruits. He just brought an offering in the process of time. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected, or this word could be received, Abel and his offering. Notice the persons received too, not just the offering. But he did not respect or receive Cain and his offering. It's, it's simple, isn't it? Cain was a farmer. He didn't bring first fruits. Abel was a rancher. He brought firstborn. God said, I'll accept that. I will not accept that. Then accept it. Now, I'm going to take you a little farther in this. And that is that it's not just that God wouldn't accept it. It's that God couldn't accept it. There are some things God can't do. God can't act outside of himself. He can't act outside of his character. One of the greatest studies you could ever do would be the attributes of God, to know who God really is. Okay, so let me, let me tell you a, a few things that God can't do. Uh, number one, God can't change. He can't change. This is called the immutability. This would be the doctrinal theological word, the immutability of God. It's impossible for God to change. The reason God can't change is because if God could change, he could get better, and God can't get better because he's perfect. So God can't change. Uh, the second thing God can't do, I'll just give you, give you some examples, is that God can't think the way we think. 
Now, I clarify that because we know the Bible talks about the thoughts of God, but that actually proves this theology. God can't think the way we think. Let me just, just uh, help us with this. Um, we, the reason God can't think the way we think is because this is, here's the theological word, omniscient. Omniscience, the omniscience of God. Break it down, it's two words, omni-science. Science means knowledge, omni means all. God has all knowledge. So the reason God can't think the way we think is because we think to figure things out. God's not trying to figure anything out. Let, let me say it another way when we're talking about God's thoughts. Nothing has ever occurred to God. God has never said, you know what I just thought of? I just thought of something I've never thought of before. He's never said that. You know why? Because he knows everything at the same time. Hey, I have a, a new little thought on this. Uh, when we talk about that God, nothing's ever occurred to God, let me, let me say it another way. God has never heard something and said, oh, my self. I mean, he wouldn't say, oh, my God. He'd say, oh, okay, all right, so. So God, God can't think the way we think. Now, when I said God can't think, you might have remembered a scripture and thought, wait, there's a scripture that talks about, uh-huh, that proves this. Here's what the scripture says in Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think the way you think. As the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I don't think the way you think. That's what he's saying. Okay, so there's some things God can't do. Let me tell you how this relates to this. God can't be second. He can't be second. This is called the preeminence of God. You know, you've heard of eminence, but God is preeminent. That means he's not only first of all, he's before all. He's higher than all, he's above all, he's first, he's before all. So God is first. Now, we, we, in our lives, we talk about putting God first, and that's good because we do need to put God first in our lives. But I just want you to know something. Even if God's not first in your life, he's still first. You didn't rearrange his order in the universe. He's still preeminent. So God can never be second. So this is why I'm telling you, the reason God couldn't accept Cain's offering is because God's always first, and Cain did not bring a first offering. God said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't accept a second place offering because I'm always in first place. I can't accept it. Now, we need to think about that when it comes to the tithe. See, it represents who's first in your life. You, you can, and I'm, again, I know these, some of the things I'm saying are strong, but you can tell me all day God's first in your life, but let me see your bank account. And I'll tell you who's first. Where does the first 10% go? But let's say that I give you 10 $100 bills. So you have $1,000 in your hand, okay? So this is the math part, right? So you have $1,000. Let me ask you two questions, all right? $1,000, the word tithe, remember, means 10%. So how much is the tithe? $100, all right? I know some of you still okay, carry those. Okay, but that's all right. That's okay. All right, so it's $100, that's right. But you have 10 $100 bills in your hand, so which one is the tithe? The first one, yeah, okay. The one on top, someone said, all right, let me say it to you a different way, all right? It's the first one that leaves your hand. 
That's the tithe. In other words, if you go home and you say, let me set aside some for the mortgage, some for the car, some for utilities, some for clothes, and here's God's part. No, that's not God's part. You gave God's part to the mortgage company. Because here's what a lot of people do. Okay, let me set aside some for this and this and this, and oh, there's not enough left over for God. Can I say something nicely to you, but firmly? He wouldn't accept it anyway. Because our God does not accept leftovers. Matter of fact, he says it in Malachi. He says, you bring me the blind and the, and the lame animals, and I do not accept them. I accept the first. Because I'm not legalistic about it. And listen to me, God's not legalistic either. I'm not trying to give you a legalistic principle today. I'm trying to give you a principle that's about your heart. This is a principle that's all through Scripture. It's called the principle of first. Is God first in your life? 